Welcome to Intrepid Media, the show for the business professional. Here, we're going to talk about business topics such as leadership, sales, marketing, HR, innovation, strategy, and technology. But we're also going to riff about lifestyle too and help you look better, feel better, and live better. This show is everything the modern business professional needs, from the C-level executive to the millennial. So let's get on with the show. Welcome to HR Latte, your connection to all things HR. Today's great HR department is foundational for today's successful business. Listen in as host Rayanne Thorne gets personal with practitioners and technologists, experts and thought leaders who care about the world of human resources. And now for your next cup of talent management, whipped to perfection. Hey everybody, welcome back to HR Latte, continuing our series on bullying in the workplace. I've welcomed back our guest, Catherine Matthijs. Catherine is an expert on bullying in the workplace and has written the book, Back Off, Your Kick-Ass Guide to Ending Bullying in the Workplace. This particular episode, we're going to talk about bullying in healthcare and what HR can do about that. But first, I want to talk about some interesting things, perhaps some myths in um, as that go along with bullying in the workplace. Before we jump into that, though, Catherine, please introduce yourself and welcome back. Thanks so much for having me back. I'm appreciative of the opportunity to talk about bullying with you. My name is Catherine Matice, as you said, and I'm, I've been an expert on bullying since 2004. I actually experienced bullying in the workplace as an HR manager and began studying workplace bullying in grad school and just became obsessed with everything I was learning about this very interesting social phenomenon and uh, have just really made myself an expert and have worked with a huge variety of clients all over the world from very large to very small and everything in between. So, Well, I, I really appreciate your willingness to jump on a show here with me and talk about this this really important topic, and we addressed some of the issues that have to do with bullying. Is it necessarily a carryover from youth? And and we're going to jump right into this section of your book that addresses the myths of bullying. And you've got several myths uh, presented in the book, but what I would like to do is just talk about three or four of them. One of them is bullying is just a personality conflict between two people. So this is a myth. Yes. So what happens is a lot of times people who feel bullied, they speak to their manager or their human resources or their leaders about it. And that's often how it's being perceived by whoever, you know, the target is complaining to. It's, you know, the way the story comes out, it, it often just sounds like, well, maybe you guys just aren't getting along very well, or it sounds like you need to communicate a little better. Maybe it's miscommunication or a bit of a conflict. And that's not what it is. That's like telling a victim of domestic violence that her problems oh. with her husband are personality conflicts and they're having miscommunication. You know, that's right. definitely not, not what's happening. So the truth of, of it is, is that bullying is abuse. It's, it's psychological abuse and definitely not a personality conflict. Now, it might start out that way. Maybe one person's direct, another person's sort of conflict avoidant. But okay. over time, you know, it turns into abuse. So, and is there is there one thing that the person who's being bullied can do if they feel like it's just a personality conflict? Is there anything that they can do other than what we would call tattletale on the, on the individual that's doing the bullying? Is there something that they can do 
that would make them feel like it, it isn't just because we don't get along, recognize that it isn't just because we don't get along and what can they do about it? Yeah. I mean, I always tell people they absolutely need to stand up for themselves and whether it's personality conflict or bullying or anything else, you have to stand up for yourself. And the problem is that it's hard because you, it it requires a lot of courage. You feel targeted and that this person is really after you. And I I understand that my suggestion is not necessarily an easy one, but if you can muster up some courage and start really just pushing back you know, nobody likes to take the the difficult path. We all like the path of re- least resistance, and Correct. so do bullies. So a bully is going to pick on people who don't push back. So you push back, and they will stop. I always think of uh, the Christmas story, the movie, when uh, Ralphie goes nuts and, and, and beats up the bully, you know, when he finally finally comes back out and says, you're not going to do this to me anymore. One of One of the other myths you have listed in the book is that it's the the person who's feeling like they're being bullied is just not either just not doing their job well Mm -hmm. enough or their boss is too tough on them. So what would you say to that? How do you get past that myth? I hear that a lot. And really what it comes down to is if a manager feels like, gosh, I'm just holding my employee accountable and they're accusing me of bullying them and that's not fair. The manager needs to look at their own communication and how they're providing performance feedback. So if you're providing performance feedback as a coach and it's a collaborative conversation where you're able to say, well, here's some things I'm noticing, but let's work together to solve them. What resources do you need? That kind of stuff. Nobody's ever going to walk out of that conversation saying, I was bullied just now. But if it's harsh feedback or it comes across as a lack of understanding and it doesn't feel collaborative, that's when it starts to feel like bullying. So that's my answer is is if if it's about performance, you know, maybe the target's not performing. Maybe they do need to be corrected, but the way you give the feedback is going to dictate whether or not you're perceived as a bully or not. Good manager, bad manager, for sure. The the, the book has so many great ideas about how to address bullying in the workplace. It's called Back Off, Your Kick-Ass Guide to Ending Bullying at Work, written by Catherine Matice, my guest on the show today, and E.G. Sebastian. Before we jump into our... uh, alternative topic on this particular episode, which is healthcare and healthcare HR. One last myth that is presented that I thought was interesting, and, and there are several mispresented, but this one I wanted to address is that bullies, all bullies are evil people. So how is that a myth? Especially if you're the person being bullied, it would probably feel like this person is just evil. They're horrible. They should, you know, they should rot in hell, but that's not necessarily true. So ha- tell us a little bit more about this myth. Yeah, you're absolutely right. If you feel bullied, it certainly feels intentional. But um, what happens is if you were to just Google workplace bullying and you just look online at what's out there, you would find so much stuff that bullies are psychopaths, they're out to get you, their goal in life is to make their target's lives miserable and all this stuff about how evil they are. But the research does not support that. So the researchers that have been able to get access to bullies, people who have been identified as bullies, uh, those people are often very, very surprised and even disappointed in themselves and shocked and appalled that they're being accused of bullying. So what happens is the bully often recognizes that they're maybe seen as a hard manager or they, they're seen as rigid or they know that one time they made an employee cry, but they think it's, it's fine now. We've gotten over it. So they, there's some sense that people perceive them as, uh, you know, a, a hard manager essentially. But when they're told 
people really see you as a bully and here's the damage you're causing those people, they really are very surprised and hurt and are, and I've heard stories of bullies actually crying when they've learned just how damaging their behavior is. It's really a a lack of self-awareness more than anything else. That's really interesting. You know, when I look back on the bullies that I had in elementary school, which just seems to be where we only think about it happening a lot, right? Um, mm-hmm. th- th- my f- people that are friends with now, that I'm friends with now later in my adult life, that I thought were bullies when they were kids had no idea that they were perceived as such. So right. it's probably very similar in the workplace. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk to Catherine about healthcare and healthcare HR and really gain an understanding of the type of bullying that's going on there and what healthcare HR professionals can do about it. We'll be right back. HR Latte is brought to you by Dovetail Software, a SaaS-based HR case management and help desk solution to ease today's HR departments into tomorrow. Simple but powerful real-time employee engagement, knowledge management, and detailed analytics empower human resource departments and shared services teams to effectively handle any type of employee interaction. Dovetail Software. By HR, for HR. And we are back with my guest, Catherine Matthijs, who is the author of Back Off, Your Kick-Ass Guide to Ending Bullying at Work. And uh, Catherine is, has joined me today, and we're going to talk a little bit more about bullying in the workplace, in particular about healthcare. So it seems, it would seem, that healthcare might be a safer environment for employees. And I, I'm guessing that that is not necessarily true. Is healthcare free of bullies, Catherine? And if not, what can HR professionals do about it? Yeah, so the answer to your question is no, it is ac- absolutely not free of bullying. And in fact, it's one of the worst environments for bullying. Really? Yeah, so there's actually three industries that always pop up as really just sort of cesspools of bullying, and it's healthcare, education, and government. So, wow. <laughs> um, yeah. So really, there's a lot of factors there that allow bullying to thrive, if you think about it. So for example, you have a lot of smart people who really know their stuff, and so they're not going to take anybody who they perceive as a threat very well. You have a lot of people who have been there for a long time, so they really know their stuff. They're not going to do well with crazy new ideas, you know? Their job in healthcare, your job is to essentially hold power over patients, you know, if you, and that's not the point, but really that's what's happening, that someone in healthcare has power over a patient. And that, so that feeling of power is really running rampant in healthcare. And so certainly that's going to play out among the employees as well, you know, competition. So there's a lot of factors there that really let bullying thrive, unfortunately. So what, what can healthcare HR to do to, first of all, to identify it? When somebody comes to a healthcare HR department and says, I'm being bullied, is there a quick response? Is it still feel like it might be one of those myths that, hey, that's not really happening. You're just behind in your work or you aren't competent enough to handle the floor that you're on or or what type of information can you share with healthcare HR professionals that would help them to identify bullying and then address it? 
You know what? Their reaction should be exactly like a complaint about harassment. If someone says, I'm being harassed, you would do an investigation. You know, the wheels start turning, things click on because that's what has to happen. And it should be the same with bullying. There needs to be an investigation and that needs to be resolved. Bullying really should be against your policies. And actually, uh, the Joint Commission, which, yeah, you know, yeah, they actually have a leadership standard that requires they're the people they accredit to really stand up against bad behavior. So you have reason to conduct an investigation, either even if it's not necessarily illegal. The other thing is when I've worked with healthcare agencies, you know, we've done a lot of training around bullying and what it is, but mostly we've focused on how to better communicate with each other. And I've always found when I do trainings on bullying for any company, healthcare or anywhere else, Really, one of the biggest values that comes out of that training is just that people had the opportunity to vent and feel like their organization is really looking to solve a problem that they've been well aware of for a long time. So doing training and having conversations and, and for HR, you know, putting it out there, communicating that they're open to complaints about bullying and they want to solve them and they recognize that bullying does exist and they want to help. Um, our kind of first steps. It's really interesting. I've, I've done several episodes with one of my friends and, and colleagues, Jay Coons, who is a healthcare HR expert. And okay. he is a consultant in, and stop, stops into healthcare organizations and talks to them about bettering their HR practices, their hiring practices, employment branding, and all those things that go into an HR department. And And this, I think, is one of those areas that often gets overlooked. And as we think about healthcare and how it has been this huge shift to go to the electronic records and how the HR departments, many of them are still lagging far behind and are not um, paperless. The, the HR departments themselves are not paperless. I'm wondering if when you are working in HR and healthcare, and if you have a product, a software where you're using that's that's helping you to document any type of activity that happens between HR and employees or employees between employees and employees, if this is going to benefit and help reduce bullying, would you say that documentation is key to ending it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's actually a few software companies out there that are working to replace the old anonymous tip line, you know, ah. the 800 number. So I'm aware of a few companies that are now uh, doing apps and the thing you know, is that if I have my cell phone with me, which I always do, and I witness one nurse bullying another nurse, I'm more inclined to pull out my cell phone and go to the app and fill out a report than I am to, absolutely. you know, go and find a phone and find a private place. And it's just easier. And, uh, you know, a lot of them, you can kind of take a picture and upload it and all this kind of stuff. So they're trying. So yeah, a documentation absolutely is important. And, you know, in the end, bullying does should not be treated much differently than harassment. You know, investigate, document your investigation, encourage employees to document things that they see and turn those in to HR. And then really it's about creating a more positive work environment. And that's, that's my thought is that the way to solve bullying is, is through creating a positive work, work culture. So I just did a quick search on some apps and we'll actually list them in the bio of this particular episode. There's um, a brand new one called eyewitnessbullying.org, stopitcyberbully.com, cyberbullyhotline.com also has a mobile app and then rethinkwords.com. So there's lots of different apps that are out there, alerts, systems that can can alert 
the higher ups, the, the leaders, the managers within an organization and uh, especially HR that bullying is taking place. Is, is there any last bit of advice, Catherine, that you could give to healthcare HR and how they can basically triumph over this? This is a scourge and it's not talked about enough. How can we help healthcare HR to triumph and succeed and move past bullying? The number one, absolute number one suggestion, if you take nothing else away from this podcast, is that you have to empower people to stand up for themselves and for each other. And you have to empower managers to stand, step in and solve the bullying. HR can't be there all the time telling people how to behave. And, you know, again, bullies bully because they can. They bully because no one tells them not to. So the more people start saying, hey, John, that wasn't okay that you just yelled at Susan. And hey, I didn't appreciate that comment. That was, you know, that was unprofessional. The more people push back, the less likely people are to bully because, you know, again, they bully because they can. So you have to empower the masses to make it so that bullies can't bully. That is great advice, Catherine. Thank you again for joining us. In our next episode, we're going to come back and talk with Catherine about bullying in higher education, in academia. So join us on that next episode. Thanks again, Catherine. I appreciate you sharing your information. Thank you. It's great to have you here. Join us again. Thanks. 